Welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged with the message prepared. Right now, let's listen in to this week's message. Well, I'm excited to be able to preach this morning. Uh, Today is week one of a three-week sermon series that we're starting today. In fact, the sermon series that we started today, I'm calling it God Grant My Request. Have you ever prayed for things and asked asked God to grant your requests? And either he did or didn't grant those requests, but you just thought, I wonder if there's something that I could do to position myself in such a way that would uh, grab the attention of the Lord so my prayers would be granted. And this morning and during this sermon series, the next three weeks, we're going to go through some of the different things needed to be able to allow God to grant our requests. And today, I've titled the message, Bless Me. Now, the ushers are walking around right now with sermon notes, and in fact, if you haven't received them, you can hold your hand up long enough, and they'll come around and give you some sermon notes. If you joined us online, we also have sermon notes available for you online as well. This will be a great way for you to follow the message, but also beyond this day, if you need to refer back, this will be a great tool for you to refer back to the message today as well. So today's message is called Bless Me. And we're going to unpack our theme verse for this entire series. It's found in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, starting at verse 9 and going to verse 10. And this is the prayer of Jabez. And there are some blessings that were on Jabez's life, some blessings that he prayed for that God granted him. And I want you to see what these blessings are. It says in verse 9, Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the Lord of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me. And that's where I got the sermon title for today. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Now, next week, we're going to talk about that one a little bit. Today, we're going to talk about bless me. Next week, we're going to talk about enlarge my territory. That'll be the sermon title for next week. That your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil. Week three, we're going to talk about keep me from evil. In other words, God's divine protection. How do we gain the protection of the Lord? We're going to talk about that in week three. That I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. And that's where I got the sermon title for this, for this entire series was God grant my request. And I want these blessings to be on my life. I want these blessings to be on your life. I want these blessings to be on our church's life. I want God to hear our requests and to grant our requests. And so we're going to talk about that during the sermon series on things that we could look for, that things that we could do to gain the attention of the Lord so that God will grant our requests. And there, this prayer that Jabez prayed is a very popular prayer. In fact, many years ago, there was a book going around called The Prayer of Jabez. Maybe you read it, but it talked about all the different blessings that Jabez was praying for that he actually received. And the Bible talks about Jabez, but there's a lot of missing history. There's not a whole lot of context that we have about the life of Jabez. All we really know about Jabez is that during childbirth, his mother suffered pain either during childbirth or there shortly after. And all we know about his life is that he caused pain to his mother, so much pain that she actually names him Jabez, which means pain or sorrow. Think about that for just a moment. 
think about maybe one of your friends or someone in your family just has a child and think about how excited you are to see that child. How many of you get excited when some of your friends or family members have children? You can't wait to go see those children. Like, you're like, man, I want to go to the hospital, but if they, I can't even make it there. I want to see the child as soon as I possibly can. Imagine as you walk into the room, you see the child for the very first time and you look at the child and you think, oh, they're not that cute. That's not a it's not a very cute baby. Have you ever had that thought before? Don't put your hands up. People will judge you right now. People will look at you like, you think a baby's up? What? What, what do you? Don't, 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 don't acknowledge it. But how many of you have ever seen a child and you thought, man, it's not that cute of a baby? And it, rather than to lie, you say things like, uh, like, like instead of saying, wow, look how cute that baby is. I mean, that's a really, really cute baby. And instead of saying something like that, maybe you say, wow. Because yeah. <laughs> that could go one of two ways. That can go like, wow, they think my baby's really cute. And most times the parents are going to think he's just saying that because they don't think my, parent, my, my child's cute, you know. So, so you, you say things like, wow, look at that. Aww. You know, we, we say those things because we don't want to lie and, and because we, we're like, all right, but we'll just leave it in their hands whether they think we think their child is cute or not. But to make things even worse, could you imagine someone having a child? They look at their own baby and they think, my own child isn't very cute. And then shortly after, the doctor walks in and says, all right, what do you want to name your child? And the, and the mom says, uh, we're going to name this child ugly. That's the name we're going to go. We're going to name this child ugly. Could you imagine a parent actually naming their child ugly? Could you imagine the, the, when they're singing happy birthday and they're saying, happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, dear ugly, happy birthday. Like, what, who would do such a thing? In fact, you know what? It's actually Enoch Jones. It's your birthday today. Man, give, give us our, 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 uh, our keyboard player up here. It's your birthday. How old are you, Enoch? 42? Man, happy birthday. Come on, everyone. Ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Enoch. Not ugly, but Enoch. Happy birthday to you. Hey, Enoch, thank you for being with us this morning. You could have gone somewhere else and done something different with your day today, but we're glad you celebrated your birthday with us. I had to, I saw you over there. I had to just throw that in just real quick. All right. Um, but could you imagine that child being raised in the house of the Lord and they want to get baptized? And then the pastor, right before they baptize that child, they say, ugly, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Be, be baptized in the name of the Lord. Like, could you, who would actually do such a thing? And yet, that's exactly what Jabez's mother does. She names him pain because of the amount of pain that she had experienced in her life because of something that Jabez either did at childbirth or something that happened shortly thereafter. It's amazing to me that a parent would actually name him pain. And in reality, could you imagine when he was at school and when people at school would say, hey, pain. Jabez, pain. Every, every time someone would call out his name, he would be reminded of the pain that he inflicted to his mother. Could you imagine his family every single time? They're like, hey, we're, 
Where, where, where's pain at? Where's pain? Oh, pain's playing video games. In a, could you imagine every time they called out for pain, Jabez, he was reminded of the amount of pain that he gave. His name again means pain or sorrow. Could you imagine that every time that people were looking for him as a teacher, imagine a first day of school. They're like, all right, Alexis, Jordan, who else is here? Christina, Gary, pain? Am I pronouncing that pain? Every single time someone would say his name, he would be reminded of the amount of pain that he inflicted into his family. And like you, all of us have been through pain. In fact, pain is a part of life. All of us can identify with pain that we've gone through in our life. All of us have felt pain before, whether physical pain, emotional pain, mental pain, financial pain, relationship pain, family pain. Pain is a part of life. Pain is unavoidable. Pastor Gary, I wish you'd get a little bit more positive. No, I'm positive. All of you will go through pain at some point in your life. It's inevitable. You've gone through pain. I've gone through pain. I've gone through pain in my life. In fact, at the age of 18, I went through the pain of a relationship breakup. At the age of 23, I went through the pain of losing my father. As I got older and older, I experienced the pain of disappointments. I've gone through marriage pains because I'm not the perfect uh, husband. That might come to a surprise to some of you, but I'm not the perfect husband. We've had uh, parenting pains because I'm not the perfect parent. But all of us have gone through pain, and pain does not disqualify us from being able to receive the blessings of the Lord in our life. Pain is not a sign that God does not want to bless your life. Pain is a sign that we're all human. Pain is a sign that we're living in a fallen world, and until we get to heaven, there's going to be sin, sickness, natural disaster, devastations, death, and pain. But pain does not disqualify us from being able to experience all the blessings that God has for our life. And Jabez is a great example of this. He had to overcome the pain of his past. And he prayed this bold prayer known as the prayer of Jabez. And because he prayed, God answered him and blessed his life. And for the next three weeks, I would like to teach you some things for us to be able to position ourselves in such a way that we also could receive the blessings of the Lord. And we want to teach you about the blessings of God that God wants to bestow upon you as well. Would you pray with me this morning as we just open up in a word of prayer? God, we love you so much, and we thank you for your many blessings on our life. Thank you, Lord, that you are with us and for, and for us. If you are with us, who could be against us? Lord, for the next three weeks, would you teach us how to pray? Would you teach us how to ask? Would you teach us how to grab your attention so that our request can be granted? Lord, today, would you bless us? Lord, as we learn about the blessings of the Lord today and how you want to bestow blessings upon us, would you be with us? Would you anoint our hearts and our ears that we could receive from you today? Help us to be not only listeners of the word, but help us to be doers of the word. In Jesus' name. And everyone said aloud, amen. 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 A foundational key this morning is to realize that God wants to bless our life. Jabez believe that God wanted to bless his life despite the pain and despite the circumstances that he felt God still wanted to bless his life and Jabez knew that God still wanted to bless his life and I realized this morning that there are many of you that are going through some intense pain today 
I realize that there are many of you that are going through intense circumstances in your life today. But I want you to know that despite the pain and despite the circumstances, God still wants to bless your life no matter what you're going through in your life right now. And I want to put some things together for you. I want to put the prayer of Jabez together and couple that together with Abraham's life and some of the blessings that Abraham received because God not only wants to bless Abraham and Jabez, but God wants to bless us with the exact same blessings that he blessed them with as well. And I want to show you how God blessed Abraham and how God also wants to bless our lives with the same blessings that he gave to Abraham. It's found in Galatians chapter 3, starting in verse 9. It says, So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. Verse 14, through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles, and that's you and that's me. If we're not by, of Jewish descent, then we have been grafted into the kingdom of God because we are Gentiles. And here's what he says. He says, through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessings he promised to Abraham so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. God wants to give us the same blessings that he gave to Abraham. And I want to show you these seven blessings that God gave to Abraham that he also wants to give to us this morning. It's found in Genesis chapter 12, starting in verse 1. It says, The Lord said to Abraham, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's, and your father's family, and go to the land that I want to show you. Verse 2 says, I will make you into a great nation. That's blessing number one. I will bless you, that's blessing number two, and make you famous, that's blessing number three. And the New King James Version says, and, and make your name great, and make your name great. And you will be a blessing to others, that's blessing number four. I will bless those who bless you, blessing number five. And curse those who treat you with contempt, or curse those who curse you, that's blessing number six. And all the families on earth will be blessed through you. That's blessing number seven. I want to break down each of these blessings so that we can understand exactly uh, what's going on here in these different blessings. So we can understand what they are and how to receive these blessings. The first blessing that God says to Abraham is, I will make you into a great nation. I will make you into a great nation. God says to Abraham, if you will put faith into me, if you will put your faith in me, and if you will follow me, I will give you generational blessings on your life. I will bless your family with generations to come. I don't just want to bless your family. I want to bless your family lineage. I want to give you generational blessings so that your family that comes after you will also want to serve the Lord. That's what God says to Abraham. And one of the greatest blessings that we could ever receive from the Lord is generational blessing. And I hope you're like me. I hope that you're like me. And I want my kids to be blessed. I want my grandkids to be blessed. I want my great-grandkids to be blessed. I want my family lineage to be blessed. I want the generations that come after me to be blessed so that they will serve the Lord in their life. And as I look back on my family tree and at my family lineage, I could see how sin has been passed down from generation to generation. I could see how bondage has been passed down from generation to generation. Can you look at your family tree and see how sin and bondage has been passed down from generation to generation? I could look over the past of my family tree and I could see how all of these things 
in my family tree have been passed down. I can see how alcoholism has been passed down from generation to generation. I can see how sexual morality has been passed down from generation to generation. I can see how anger and bitterness has been passed down from generation to generation. I can see how lying has been passed down from generation to generation. But then somewhere along my family lineage, there was this young boy who was playing baseball at Elk Grove High School. And one day he was playing baseball, and right after practice, two of his friends and him were beginning to talk, and these two friends started to talk about Jesus. And they said, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're not going to go to heaven. And that young boy said, well, I'm a good person. I'm better than most people. If I'm better than most people, I thought I would make it into heaven. And his two friends said, no, it's not by being good at all, because none of us are good in the presence of the Lord. They said, you have to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And that boy that day, he said, well, I need to go to church with you this Sunday. His friends picked him up. His friends picked him up from the house, and he brought him to Harvest Church. And that morning, that young boy, he heard the gospel being preached. And that morning, Gary Jimenez heard the gospel, and he accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. And that young boy is me. That young boy is in ministry today. That young boy is preaching the gospel today because for the first time in my life, I experienced salvation in my life. I experienced the fullness of what God had for my life. I experienced 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, which says, If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And now no longer am I passing down generational curses. I'm no longer passing down generational sin. I'm no longer passing down generational bondage. I'm no longer passing down generational alcoholism and sexual morality and lying and anger and bitterness. I'm passing down generational blessing. I'm passing down generational relationship with the Lord. I'm passing down generational righteousness. I'm passing down generational integrity. I'm passing down generational character. I'm passing down the generational blessings that only come from Jesus. I'm passing down a relationship with Jesus. I'm passing down generational blessing. Oh, you can pass down generational curses. But when you give your life to Jesus and you follow him, you can pass down generational blessing. And Harvest Church, if you will have enough faith to put into the Lord and follow him wherever he wants to take you, God will give you blessings. God wants to bless your family. God wants to bless your kids. God wants to bless your grandkids. God wants to bless your family tree. God wants to give you generational blessings so that those that come after you will also want to serve the Lord. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 7 says, The righteous lead blameless lives. Blessed are their children after them. This verse is saying that the young children that you're raising right now, they're going to serve the Lord. This verse is saying that the teenagers you're raising right now, they're going to serve the Lord. This verse is saying that the young adults that you're raising, the grown children that you have, they're going to serve the Lord. Now listen, you might be saying, Pastor Gary, my grown kids aren't serving Jesus right now. Well, you keep on praying and you keep on fasting. You keep on believing because you're the righteous and the children of the righteous will be blessed of the Lord. We just have to believe that God wants to bless us. Come on, say amen. amen. The next thing that God says to Abraham, number two is found in Genesis chapter 12 and verse 2. It says, I will bless you. And God blessed Abraham personally. 
with so many great blessings that he gave to him. And I don't have the amount of time to go over every single blessing that the Lord gave to Abraham, but I do want to share some with you. God granted Abraham with a son in his old age named Abraham, uh, named Isaac. He also blessed him with a successful marriage that went the distance, even though there was a lot of adversities that came into their marriage. They made it for the long haul. God blessed him with favor. God blessed him with land and with wealth. Come on, someone say amen right there. Genesis 13 and verse 2 says, Abraham had become very wealthy in livestock and in silver and in gold. Now, right there, when I said silver and gold, some of you said, Pastor Gary, I want to receive that blessing. Give me silver and gold, Pastor Gary. I want that one. I want that one. I want some wealth. And when we're walking with the Lord, God wants to bless our lives. And he wants to bless us with favor. God wants to bless us with peace. God wants to bless us with joy. God wants to bless us with a family. God wants to bless our finances. There's so many different ways that God wants to bless us. And I'm not saying that we're going to be blessed financially in the same way that that Abraham was. The Bible's not teaching that. And I'm not teaching that either. I'm not teaching prosperity today in that way. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is that when you follow the Lord and when you put your faith in to him that God will give you more than enough so that you could be a blessing to so many other people. God wants to bless us personally. The third blessing that Abraham tells, uh, that God tells Abraham is, I will make your name great. I will make your name great. And God says to Abraham, if you will put your faith into me, and if you will follow me, I will make your name great. And the very fact that we are still talking about Abraham today is real evidence that God really did make his name great. In fact, there are people all around the world today that are going to be speaking about Abraham, which is just evidence that God really did make him famous on the earth. And I realize that you and I are not going to be as famous as Abraham, but God made him have a great name. God wants to give him a great name and wants to give you a great name. And he wants to give you great influence. He wants to make your name great even in your own family. And if that's as far as your name is great, how many of you know that that's enough? Because our kids need good role models to look to. Our children should not have to look to the role models of of athletes on television. They shouldn't have to look to singers on television. They shouldn't have to look to actors on television for good role models. But Lord, make me a good role model. Lord, make my kids look to me. Let my grandkids look to me. Let my family lineage look to me. Let my church look to me. Let my small group look to me. Let the people I serve with look to me. God, make my name great. And your name will be great when people talk about you because of the integrity in which you live your life. God wants to make your name great. Number four, the fourth blessing Abraham received from God was you will be a blessing to others. God blessed Abraham with more than enough so that he could be a huge blessing to others. And one of the major reasons why God wants to bless our lives is so that we could be a blessing not only to ourselves, but be a blessing to so many others. We're blessed to be a blessing. And that's why you've been hearing so many announcements lately about how Harvest Church wants to be a blessing in the community. Pastor Gary, which, which ones were those? Like, for instance, we, we invite you to come over to the information center to pick up a box so that you could fill it up with, with, with toys 
toys and with things that will bless a child who may not get Christmas this year. That, that's why we're asking you to, to, fill a, to, to go to the store and buy shoes for children in our community here that may not be able to afford nice shoes and they get made fun of at school. But because of your generosity, these kids are going to be given shoes to be able to wear where they're not embarrassed to go to school, where they're going to get ridiculed or talked about because of the blessings that you're doing. That's why you see that Harvest Fest announcement because our Harvest Fest, we want to make sure that we get out into the community to let our community know that there's a church in Elk Grove that loves them, that wants to put a safe place into our community where people can come and enjoy themselves, but also hear the gospel and also be around people and men of God and women of God that love the Lord that are going to make them feel special when they come because when they hit hard times and when they need to look for a church, they're going to say, man, there was a church. I remember this church where they blessed my children, where they prayed over my children, where they gave them free candy and we had a good time. And man, if I had a good time at that, I know I'll have a good time at church. Come on, how many of you believe it's a great thing to get your name out there? And here's what happens is that God didn't just bless your life. God didn't just bless my life. God didn't just bless Harvest Church so we could be a blessing unto ourselves. God bless you. God bless me. God bless Harvest Church so that we could be a blessing to our community and to so many people all around the world. That's why God blesses us this morning. How many of you feel the blessing of the Lord on your life? Number five, the fifth blessing of Abraham, he says, I will bless those who bless you. This is a great one. God says, Abraham, if you put your faith in me and if you follow me, if you put all of your hope in me, I want you to know I will give you a double blessing. I don't just want to bless your family alone, but I will bless those who also bless you. And this is a blessing that God also wants to give to us. He's not just saying that he wants to bless you. He's not just saying he wants to bless your family, but he's saying he wants to bless those that also bless you. And that's why people love being around you. That's why your family likes hanging around you. That's why your friends like hanging around you. That's why people in church like hanging around you. That's why, that's why your coworkers like hanging around you. That's why your neighbors like hanging around you. That's why your boss likes hanging around you because there's something that happens to them anytime they get around you. It's called a double blessing. God wants to put a double blessing on your life. Look at your neighbor right now and say, you better be nice to me. I got the blessing of the Lord on my life. If you want that blessing on your life, you better be nice to me. You better be nice. The sixth, I love having fun in church. Don't you love having fun? Number six, the sixth blessing that uh, God gave to Abraham, he says, I will curse those who curse you. And this portion of scripture uh, points something out that is very important that, that we need to be aware of. He says, I will curse those who curse you. In other words, what that means is that we will be cursed. That people will curse you. That people will curse at you, that people will come against you, that people will argue with you, that people will lie about you. We will be cursed. The Bible doesn't say, I will curse people if they curse you. No, the Bible says, I will curse those who curse you. In other words, God knew that people were going to come against you. He knew that people were going to lie about you. He knew that people were going to do things to you to curse you. But God's blessings don't exempt us from being attacked by people. Blessings and trials go hand in hand. They go together. But here's what God says to those that put their faith in him and follow him. He says, if you will follow me, I will fight your battles for you. It may look like you're surrounded, but you're surrounded by me. Man, someone ought to, say, ought to write that song, huh? It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Come on, sing it. 
It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Come on, sing it. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. And the truth of the matter is that whenever we put our faith in the Lord, God will be with us and he'll surround us with his presence. And here's what that means. That when people come against you, you don't have to try to get even. You don't have to try to talk about them. All you need to do as a believer is bless them. All you need to do is pray for them. All you need to do is fast for them. All you need to do is say, Lord, bless them. They, 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 they know not what they do, but Lord, be with them and, and God bless their life. Because if we will put our faith in the Lord, the Lord says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. The battle is mine. I will fight your battles. And if we will put our faith in the Lord, the Lord says, I will curse those who curse you. Number seven, the seventh blessing that God gave to Abraham. God says, all the families on earth will be blessed through you. And because he put his faith in the Lord, Abraham's genealogy has literally blessed the entire world. And the biggest impact was Jesus Christ because he was born through the offspring of Abraham and his offspring has literally impacted the entire world. And you and I will not have the same type of impact that Abraham had. But God does want to bless us in such a way that we will have an impact in people's lives. And for some of you, it might be tens of people that you will impact. For some of you, it might be hundreds of people that you will impact. For some of you, it might be thousands of people that you will impact. For some of you, it might be millions of people that you will impact because of your faith, because of your trust in the Lord, because of your sharing of the gospel, because of your giving, because of your serving, because of your praying, because of your fasting. Many people will be blessed because God wants to bless us. Come on, someone say a loud amen. And here's a question we all have to ask ourselves today. What did Abraham do to receive the blessings? Because if we will do what Abraham did to receive the blessings, then we will receive the same type of blessings that God gave to him. And today I want to give you three keys that God, three keys for God to bless me. Three keys for God to bless me. Blessing number one, the first key. I must believe that God wants to bless me. I must believe that God wants to bless me. Despite Jabez's pain, he believed that God wanted to bless him. Well, Pastor Gary, doesn't everybody believe that God wants to bless them? Actually, no, not everyone actually believes that God wants to bless them. There are Christians that actually don't believe that God wants to bless them. And I'm not talking about people that live out there in the world. I'm not talking about people that are living their own life, their own way for their own reasons. I'm talking about people who consider themselves to be Christ followers. And before any of us can receive God's blessings, we have to believe that God also wants to bless us. Abraham believed that God wanted to bless him. Let's take a look at Romans chapter 4 and verse 3. It says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. And when God spoke to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, he says, Abraham, if you will leave your country, if you will follow me, if you will leave your relatives, leave everything behind, leave all of the things that make you comfortable, I will bless you. And Abraham believed him. And he didn't know how God was going to bless his life. He had no clue how God was going to come through. But he believed God and he left his country. He left his, his, his relatives. He left his friends. He left his property for a promised land that God had promised that he would give him. He said, if you follow me, I will bless you. And Harvest Church, even when you don't know how God is going to bless your life, let me encourage you to put your faith in the Lord and to follow him. Even when you don't know how God is going to bless you, God still wants to take 
take you to a promised land? What things do you have to leave behind? What relatives do you have to leave behind? What friendships do you have to leave behind? What career paths do you have to leave behind? What relationships do you have to leave behind? What addictions do you have to leave behind? Because God has a promised land that he wants to take you to. The only thing that's keeping you from that promised land is this thing over here that we don't want to let go of. What is it that we have to let go of so that we can make it into the promised land? Galatians chapter 3 verses 5 through 7 says, So again I ask, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by your believing what you heard? So also Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. There it was again. That Abraham believed him. And because he believed him, God said it's going to be credited to you as righteousness. Then verse 7 Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. And like Abraham, do you believe that God's promises are for you? Do you believe that God actually wants to bless your life? That despite your mistakes, despite your past, despite all the things that you have fallen short in, despite your pain, do you actually believe that the promises and blessings of the Lord are for your life? Because here's what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. It says, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realm with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Do you actually believe that every spiritual blessing that is in scripture is written for you to receive? Because every single thing that God has done in his word is for you. He promises those things to you. Ephesians 3 verse 20, do you believe this promise? It says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above, above all that we could ask or think according to the power that works in us. Do you believe that the promises of God are for you? That he can do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or think or imagine? Do you actually believe those blessings over your life and those promises over your life? Because here's another belief. It's found in Psalm 84 verse 11. It says, for the, God, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. Favor and honor are for us. Then he says, no good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Do you believe that God will not withhold any promises or any blessings on your life if you're walking in a righteous way, if, if your walk is upright today? Because God says this over your life. It's found in Jeremiah 29, 11, and it's our anchor verse that's found in, up here on these, uh, on these banners. But it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Do you actually believe that God has a hope and a future for your life? That God won't withhold any blessings on your life, but that he actually wants you to experience all the fullness and joy of what God wants to give to you? And I'm not asking if you believe those blessings over the person sitting next to you. I'm not asking if you believe those blessings over the family members that are sitting by you. I'm asking, do you actually believe those blessings over your life? life personally if you believe it will you say this out loud say God wants to bless me say it again like you believe it God wants to bless me because the first key for God to bless me is that I have to believe that God actually does want to bless my life number two the second key for God to bless me I need to ask God to bless me I need to ask God to bless me because Jabez received uh, because Jabez believed that God wanted to bless him, he prayed and asked God to bless his life in specific areas. 
He actually prays specific things. And Harvest Church, we also need to ask God to bless us with specific things. When you pray for specific things, you're not being selfish. You're not being unbiblical. In fact, quite the opposite. When we're actually praying for things, we're actually being biblical. Let me prove it to you. James chapter 4 and verse 2 says, You desire... And the reality is that all of us have desires. The reality is that all of us desire blessings from the Lord. It says, you desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and you fight. And he's saying, listen, you're Christians, but you're quarreling and you're fighting because you're not getting what you want. You're not getting the the blessings that you desire. And he says, but that's not the real problem. Here's a real problem. You do not have because you do not ask God. You do not have because you do not ask God. And there are Christians who are here today and listening online and you're not experiencing all the blessings that God wants to give you because you're simply not asking God for those blessings. They're quarreling and they're fighting and they're acting out in the flesh, but the one thing they're not doing that will make all the difference is asking God to bless them with specific things. Pastor Gary, why do I have to ask God to bless me with specific things? We serve an all-knowing God, don't we get Pastor Gary? Why if God is all knowing why do I actually have to ask God for things when he already knows what I need there's a very simple answer for that it's very very profound it's something that that you've never heard before because not asking God and not praying for specific things is simply unbiblical all right that's not profound at all all right it's biblical when we want to be biblical, we have to ask for things. We're not being selfish. We're not being unbiblical when we ask for things. The Bible just says right here, you do not have because you do not ask. And there are so many Christians that do not have because they're not asking. And here's what the Bible says. Here's something that is biblical. It's found in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8. It says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be answered to you. For anyone who asks receives. Anyone who seeks finds. Anyone who knocks the door will be open to you. And Harvest Church, you're being biblical when you ask God to bless you with specific things. Ask God to bless your marriage. Ask God to bless your relationships. Ask God to bless your family. Ask God to bless your children. Ask God to bless your grandchildren. Ask God to bless your family lineage. Ask God to bless your home. Ask God to bless your career. Ask God to bless your finances. Ask God to bless your health. Ask God to bless your church. Ask God to bless the San Francisco 49ers with a Super Bowl win. Come on, somebody. Come on, man, I was walking in the spirit up until that place right there, and then, and, then I, and then I acted in the flesh, right? I had to just kind of try to slip that one in, all right? I want the 49, man, it's been too long since our 49ers have won. I say our as if everyone in here is a 49er fan. I just, I want the 49ers to get a win. I want them to win. They, we've got a great team this year. If we can just stay healthy and just, man, I, I'm telling you what, we beat the Rams this last week. The Rams are a great team. And so, man, we, I believe it. Come on, believe it with me. Pray, pray with me. Pray with me. Add that to your prayer list. All right, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Some of you guys are like, that's heresy, Pastor Gary. You were walking in the spirit. Now you're walking in the flesh. All right, all right. Let's get back to the spirit. All right, here we go. Listen, too many Christians do not have because they do not ask God for specific things. Okay, so number one, we need to believe. Number two, we need to ask. Number three, our final point today. <clears throat> Is this, if we want to be blessed by the God for, God, for God to bless me, I must have the right motives 
when asking God to bless me. Notice what it says in the next verse, James chapter 4 and verse 3. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. And James is saying that when we ask God to bless our lives, we have to be aware of our motives. He, he says, especially when it comes to monetary types of blessings, because people that tend to want more just want more so that they could have more. And that's something that all of us really have to fight with is, Lord, bless me because we want more just to have more. And a major re reason why people do not experience all the blessings that the Lord wants to give to them is because they ask with wrong motives. And the wrong motives will actually hinder our prayers. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 2 says, All a person's ways seem pure to them. But motives are weighed by the Lord. Motives are weighed by the Lord. And when we are praying for God to bless us, God is examining why we want more, why we want more blessings, why we want more influence. And here's a question that we all have to ask ourselves. We all have to wrestle with this question. Do we want more because we have the right motives or do we want more because we have wrong motives? Well, Pastor Gary, what's a wrong motives? What do wrong motives look like? Here's what wrong motives look like. When we ask God to bless us just to bless me, here's what that type of prayer looks like. Lord, would you bless me? Because I want more things. I need more items. I just want to be blessed. I just, I just want more just so I could be a blessing to myself. That's a wrong motive. Selfishness will actually hinder our prayers. Here's another wrong motive. When we pray and ask God for blessings just so that we could look good in front of other people. Here's what that looks like. Here's what that prayer looks like. Lord, bless me with a new car so that every time I drive down the neighborhood, people turn their head and see how rich I am. And they, they say, man, there's a very prosperous guy. I mean, I want people to know how blessed I am. I want, I want people to see all these great things that I have. That's a wrong motive. And I'm not saying that wanting a car is a wrong motive. I'm saying, what, what is the motive behind wanting a car? If it's a good motive, then it's a great thing. Like for me, I want a new car. I want a car with Bluetooth. I could have really used that a couple weeks back. About three weeks ago, I was at, at a location where I had an appointment I had to go to, and I wasn't sure if I should go up Elk Grove Boulevard and make a right-hand turn on Elk Grove Florin, or if I should go up Bradshaw and make a left-hand turn on on uh, on Calvine and then a right-hand turn on, on Power Inn. I wasn't sure how I should do that, but uh, so I, I was making a turn. I had my phone down like down here and I'm, I'm punching my address you know I'm, I'm looking I just I go to my my calendar and I punch on the address on where I was headed and then right maybe 10 seconds later I hear and I look behind me I'm like oh man someone's gonna get it oh man I'm gonna pull I'm gonna pull over a little bit who's this guy gonna pull over and it was a motorcycle cop and motorcycle cops, their number one job is they're going to write tickets. And so so I, I pull over a little bit, thinking that the cop's going to go around me. I'm looking to see, why is he not going around me? I look at my rearview mirror. He's right behind me. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm getting pulled over. So I pulled over, and I have a lot of police officer friends. So I've asked many of them. I, I'll say, hey, what's a great way to, um, to de-escalate? the situation like you know because especially in our times right now like I've got a lot of friends that are police officers and I'm like hey I don't want to be one of those that people have to worry about when they pull over as if I get pulled over all the time you guys I, I don't even know why I ask these questions sometimes like I'm like I'm looking to break the law you know so I uh, I pull over and 
uh, one of my friends one time, he said, hey, if you will uh, put all your windows down, um, if you turn the car off, if you take your keys out, put your hands on the steering wheel, that really de-escalates that feeling of like, I wonder what's going to happen here for the officer. You'll really put them at ease. I said, okay, so I did all of those things. I got pulled over. I did all of those things. I, I, I put all the windows down. I, I turned off the vehicle, took the keys out, put my hands at 10 and 2. And so I'm waiting, and the officer comes up, and he comes up to the window, and he says, hey, I pulled you over because you were on your cell phone. And I said, you're right, officer, I was. I, I was going, I'm going to an appointment. I wasn't sure how to get there, and I was tapping on the address, and I'm, I apologize. I, I know I shouldn't have been on my phone. I know the law. I shouldn't have been on my phone. And he says, okay, I need to see your driver's license. I said, officer, that driver's license is in my left pocket. And I, you know, look down like this in my left pocket. Is it okay if I reach over and grab my, take off my, uh, my seatbelt with my left hand? And, you know, I go through all that. And he says, absolutely. So I undo my seatbelt, get my driver's license. I give it to him. Again, he's a, he's a motorcycle cop. So he's going to give you, there's no way you're going to get out of a ticket with a motorcycle. You could try crying. You could try to put mascara on. You could try to look all cute and all that. You're not going to get out of a ticket from a motorcycle cop. So I give him my, my driver's license. He says, okay, I'm going to go to the back. I'm going to run this in a computer. I'll be right back. So he goes back there. He's, he's gone for about four minutes or so. He comes back and he hands me my, my driver's license. He says, hey, you're a really good driver. He says, I see that you haven't had a ticket in over 15 years. That's, you've got a, a clean record. And, and I said, oh, good, good. That one ticket didn't show up. No, I'm just, I didn't say that. No. Um, I said, well, well, thank you, officer. And he says, hey, I'm going to let you off with a warning on this one. I was like, what? Man, the blessing of the Lord is on my life. I'm like, no, I'm just kidding. God does not bless you so you can break the law. That's not how that works. All right? I, I'm not, I'm not, I, I broke the law that day. I was just, I was just giving grace. That's what I was given. It wasn't any because of any blessing that was on my life. I was just giving grace that day. He said, hey, I don't want your insurance to go up. I don't want to put a mark on your, on your, on your driver's license before this. I, 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 I could see you were sincere. You, you weren't up here texting or making a phone call. He said, I could tell that you were just tapping on something. And so I'm going to let you off with a warning. Don't get on your phone. And I was really good for like three days after that. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'll die. I'm never going to get on my phone again, you know. And... I don't know if I got on my phone after that or not, but, you know, there are actually times where we can do good things, but if not done so with the right motives, then it could actually be a bad thing. Pastor Gary, that was super confusing. Can you break that down for us? What does that mean that we could do a good thing, but if we have the wrong motives, it actually turns out to be a bad thing? What does that mean? I'll illustrate it for you like this. Someone selling their house, right? Hey, they come into church. Hey, I'm looking for an usher. I have my tithes right here. I, I have to hand in my tithes. I'm looking for an usher. I, I sold my house for 700000 I got $70,000 that I got to give to an usher. Was there an usher around here that'll take my tithes? I mean, I got a tithe. I'm a tither in the house. I got 70000 Who wants to take my seven? Is there an usher in here? Listen, tithing is a great thing. But if your motives for tithing is because you want to look good in front of people, then tithing isn't a good thing for you because... If you do something with the wrong motives, it's actually a bad thing. Now, this morning, if you just sold your house and you want to tithe, you need to usher. I'll call for them right now. We'll receive your tithe this morning. We will receive it gladly. You just won't get a crown on this side of heaven, okay? You gotta wait. You're going to get your crown on here because you've already experienced that. But if you do things that are good with the wrong motives, it's actually bad for you to do those things. We have to check our heart. I want to show you what a right motive is when asking God to bless me. When you ask God to bless you, do so because you want to be a blessing to others. That's the right motive.
First Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 and 18 says, Teach those who are rich in this world. Now, a lot of different people define rich in different ways. Here's how I'm going to define that today. When you have more than enough. And in fact, most of us in this room and most of us joining us online have more than enough. We have more than enough clothes to wear in seven days. Most of us have more than enough shoes and we will ever be able to wear out in a lifetime. Some of you just looked at your wives right now and said, yeah, you guys, you have all those shoes in the closet. Just look straight, guys. I'm trying to help you. Just look straight. It says, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust their money, which is unreliable. They tr- their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for your for our enjoyment did you catch that that the lord actually wants to give you things that you want and need so that you can enjoy life it's okay for you to enjoy the blessings that god gives you it's okay for you to have nice things but god doesn't just want to give you these blessings just for that reason alone so you could just have these things he goes on to say tell them that their money uh, tell them to use their money to do good They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. God blesses us so that we could be a blessing to others. People in my life who have the most blessings in our life, the people in my life that are the most blessed are people that bless the most. Say that again, Pastor Gary. The people that are the most blessed are people that bless the most. God says, I can get it to you if I can give it through you to help hurting people, to help widows, to help broken people, to help family members, to help hungry people, to support the local church, to support missionaries around the world. I can get it to you if I can give it through you. And that's the right motive when asking God to bless our life. Would you stand with me this morning if you're able to? Thank you for joining us once again for this week's sermon podcast. We pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead. For more videos, messages, and other content, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at GoHarvestEG. And be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services. Until next time, stay encouraged and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. God bless. Thank you.